0: Oh, have I got a treat for you today? I've got a fabulous guest. It's Emma Manners, the Duchess of Rutland, and she lives in the most beautiful Beaver Castle up in the Midlands. And she's quite an extraordinary lady. I can't wait to talk to her. I've got so many questions and I hope you enjoy it.
1: Well, hello, Emma. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm very, very honoured to be on your podcast. This Aww. is um, one of the highlights of my of my podcast career. Will be that <laughs> I'm chatting to you.
0: Oh, that's very nice. Uh, being uh, a a a podcaster yourself I'm I'm very flattered too but um, I'm thrilled to have you on I'm thrilled you wanted to come on and I've got so many questions to ask you because your story is extraordinary I, I mean it's amazing I knew I knew little bits but having um, done all my research I'm just it's your life is extraordinary so I hope you'll share
1: some of it with us yeah well definitely absolutely <laughs> no I'm yeah, I mean, you don't—you never think your own life is really extraordinary, do you? And and um, when I was approached to write my book, I thought, well, what is there really to say? Um, and it's only when I—I don't—I expect you've done this as well, Twiggy. But it's only when you start unraveling it and you think, well, maybe there it is of interest, but um, it doesn't feel like it when you're in the shoes.
0: It doesn't. I mean, people—it's it, it's interesting you say that because people often, you know, all the interviews you do over the years I know what happened to me in the beginning I understand that was quite extraordinary but the rest is just your life isn't it that you carry on yeah. doing things and some things work out some things don't work out there's the highs yeah. the lows the yeah. happiness the sadness it's just another life so I agree with you I don't think of most of my life as uh, as extraordinary it's just my life <laughs> and yours is the same although a very different life because you, no, you grew up yeah. in Wales, right? On a farm. Yes,
1: I did. Mm, and fumble. the farm's still there today. Is and, it? Oh, um, what kind of farm? So, well, in the day, back in my day, uh, I was born in 1963. Um, it was mixed arable and we had a few chickens at the back and we did crops and we did... Um, my favourite bit was our, we had a... A herd of hereford cattle, uh, oh, and I wow. love cattle and and I spent every evening, I can remember as a child, either ra- riding my pony, Betty, around the Welsh hills <laughs> or in a beaten up old land rover with my dad going to check on the stock and and then we ran a we ran a bed and breakfast business in the farmhouse. Uh-huh. and my mum was quite very good cook, and so she would be back to stage and I would, Twiggy, really be sent to six or seven to go and open the door, and she'd say, well, just check them out and make sure they look okay, and if they do, we've got a spare room. <laughs> <laughs> That's,
0: what, what, if they didn't, did that you have to funny, say, With. With.
1: <laughs> there's no room in the inn tonight. <laughs> there's no room in the inn. and, and I you have to learn to scan, scan people quite quickly, and then <laughs> I can still see... Yeah, quite. I could still see the little. Um, we had it typed out the breakfast menu because I'm very dyslexic, and so Mum would all say, "For goodness' sake, get this right, otherwise they'll get the wrong breakfast." So I'd have to go round the house at sort of seven o'clock, knocking on the door in the morning, and giving taking their breakfast order. And because you know we we were very conscious of money and not wasting money and. Although we got our chicken and our eggs, bacon was more expensive. So mm-hmm. she'd say, "Do it like this, M. You want to say cereals, grapefruit, or I think it was grapefruit segments, you know, out of a tin, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. or orange juice to start, and then you can have eggs boiled, scrambled, you know, <laughs> all the eggs, and then very quietly at the end say, or a full cooked breakfast." <laughs> <laughs> So that, so that and they was all went cooked breakfast. <laughs> yeah, they all went ripple. She came down. So we got that wrong, didn't you?
0: That's so funny.
1: It, it must have
0: been. I always think that. I mean, listen. I grew up in the suburb of London, but I always think as a child growing up on a farm must be idyllic, isn't it?
1: Oh, it was. I was. It was like so many bits of my life when I've had moments that haven't been quite as happy. And uh-huh. I always reflect back to that little pony Betty oh. and that freedom of living on that hill. And there were no boundaries, I suppose. There was never a boundary in my life. It was freedom. How wonderful.
0: And, and growing up with that, I mean, we always had pets, but, you know, it was a dog or a cat. But to I always think when I see, you know, kids in farms, it just must be the best. Because most kids love animals. Yeah, but, you, but you're animals. very
1: practical, Twiggy. There's you're very practical about life and death. Um, it's yeah, quite that's true. That because if you saw a lamb really struggling, and or or a chicken, we had chicken bro, lots of chickens in broiler houses, and mm-hmm. if they had you know they really had a problem, I think nothing of knocking it on the head to finish it off because it was in pain. So it makes you very pragmatic and practical it about does life actually and, death.
0: And, and yeah, you're right because <clears throat> growing up in in London where I did you know meat and and fish and things were things you got in the supermarket. you, you didn't actually think through where as a kid I'm talking about where it came mm-hmm. from and and so the thought of then animals dying was like, oh my God, that's terrible you know but i'm I, I, yeah. I've, I've got other friends who've grown up and or you know are farmers. And it is a whole different mindset, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, I think that definitely gave me um, a great sense of practicality in my mind. If I, you know, sometimes if I look back, there'd be moments when I had to, I used that philosophy. I, for example, I lost five children and had five. Uh, with miscarriages and I was always so practical about that because I thought well it's just not meant to be you know yeah I had
0: had one but five my goodness yeah actually it's much more common than we are led to believe yeah apparently now people are talking about it which is a wonderful thing that they are yeah but uh, but I know yeah yeah I, I mean it was horrible and I didn't like it, but I was fine because it was one and then I was lucky I got pregnant immediately and that's my daughter. Oh,
1: what what age is she? My daughter, she just
0: turned 45. I can't believe it. It wow. seems impossible to me that it's 45 years ago that she was born.
1: Wow. But, uh, but she's
0: now got two kids of her own who are my darlings, of course. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about how you went from being a Welsh farmer to now being, you know, the, the, the duchess of a, a, a castle. I mean, that is the best story in the world. How did you meet your your husband?
1: So I met David, dropped out, trained to be an opera singer. I went to the guild. Oh, yeah. So when you, left, I, when you left the farm, you trained as an opera singer? I did, but it was very obvious I wasn't going to make it. I have been, at best, most of it, I had a very good, uh, you know the Welsh do I Steadfords and that sort of thing. Yeah, so yeah, I spent yeah. my whole time going around Wales, either saying a poem or singing a song. But actually, when I was put to the test, it wasn't for me. And so I dropped out. And then eventually, I ended up setting up my own interior design business in the, when I was about 25.
0: Okay. And through
1: that, I go to London to Decorate, which is the interior design exhibition every mm-hmm. year. And I met David at a so blood. I didn't know where, where I was going. It was the someone I met at Decorate has said, "Oh, come for dinner tonight." And so I did not know where I was going. Didn't know anyone there, but I've always had the sense of adventure, Twiggy. And so <laughs> I went along, and, and I'm not joking. But the host was in the kitchen saying, "Oh, it's Emma! Oh, oh, oh Go and find the room and change into your party frock." And um, and uh, and David, who was standing over by the fireplace, looking like a sort of period painting, um, <laughs> sh- show her the room, and uh, and we'll see you at dinner. So David showed me this room, which was downstairs. Uh, and then helped me find me the ironing board and I have my dress. And, and i never forget, he kept saying, you missed a bit there, you've missed a bit there. <laughs> I thought, well, you're just going to annoy me in a minute. <laughs> anyway, that's how we met. And that was so remotely and utterly. And, and he gave me his card to at the end of the night. And bear in mind, I had no idea what aristocracy was. We didn't come across it in Wales. No, uh, I exactly. met an honourable, most probably. I hadn't met a Lord and certainly not a duke. Uh, and he gave me his card. And on this card he gave me, it said, a registered firearms dealer, the Marquess of Granby, David Manners. Well, I took it home to my brother the next day on the <laughs> farm. I said, well, who do you think this is? This is a really nice guy. And he gave me... And he looked at this card and he said, "M, he sounds like he could be a, a dodgy one, or he, <laughs> prob- or he most probably owns a pub. So I think I'd, um, I'd most probably give him a miss. Well, of course, there are 1200 pubs in the UK called the Marquis of Granby. And that's why we thought he owned a pub, but we didn't oh, get our head around. Oh,
0: that's hysterical. You thought he owned a pub.
1: Oh dear. It's funny, I know. It well, was that's a... a
0: brilliant story. Absolutely yeah. brilliant.
1: Uh, anyway, so we we became completely um you know, I go I come up here for a weekend, he'd come down to Wales. We just became as you do when you fall yeah. in love. You fall just... in
0: love. What what was your impression when you first went to Beaver? castle. Oh, a
1: castle!
0: I mean, it's every little girl's dream to live in a
1: castle. <laughs> I know. I know. And this one is a bit like the Walt Disney castle. It's on the top of a hill and it's got, it sort of grows out of the trees, just like in I Walt know. Disney. I know, I looked at so... loads
0: of pictures. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah.
1: Oh. Well, the butler came to the door <laughs> and I was an hour early and he was a bit like Lurch. Uh, you know, from those sort of... Those... Anyway, That's he looked brilliant. at me, he must be six foot eight or nine, and he said, you know, looked at me, and I'd got a sort of suitcase, and most probably, and I'd arrived in my sort of rusty old banger, and he looked at me and said, You called! As if it was out of a movie. <laughs> and he said, and I said, Oh, yes, I've I come for the for David shooting weekend. He said He looked at his watch and said... You're an hour early. <laughs> and so, oh. so... did you have to go hey, sit in the car? <laughs> literally. And he took me upstairs. This is even more scary. He took me upstairs to the sort of family drawing room and left me. And halfway through sitting, I was sort of looking around in this drawing room. I suddenly saw there was a body on one of the, <gasps> the sofas. So I was absolutely terrified. I thought, is it dead? Is it alive? Anyway, it was my (laughs) mother-in-law having an afternoon nap. And I was freaked out then. So That is so brilliant. It was a baptism of fire, most probably. Oh, um,
0: God, that is so brilliant. That is so hysterical. You didn't move into the castle immediately, though, right? Because your father-in-law was still in the
1: castle. Yes. And, of course, I didn't understand how all that worked. Um, I mean... Um had yeah, this so I didn't get the whole primogeniture and how um you know the moment someone passes but it's a bit like the royal family in a way. The moment someone passes away, there's another duke in place, you know, it's right. the the king dies, long live the king, or That's the queen right. dies, long live the king. So I didn't understand any of that. So I, I should have most probably bought Debrets or something like that to give me. <laughs> but but I learned the hard way because I just always get it wrong. And there's all and when you get things wrong and you blunder into them, there's always someone who's far grander that will hopefully guide you and say no, you don't do it like that.
0: <laughs> that is so brilliant. But you know, as you said, but when you when you when you meet someone, you fall in love. You don't think of all those things, do you? It's like no.
1: No, um, we lived on a house uh, on the estate and I set up a garden and conservatory furniture business and ran it with a friend of mine who I knew from up here in Leicestershire and then started to have our family and there oh, was a wonderful years. So Violet and Alice and Eliza were all born at Nipton Lodge and then it was it was January 1999, when my father-in-law passed away and it felt, and I was pregnant with Charles, who's our oldest son. And I remember just the panic twiggy of, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How are we going to, it was just like this terrible panic. What was the
0: castle in good order? Was it in, was it run down? And Because I, I know I've known a few people over the years who've lived in castles or stately homes, and the running and the upkeep must be an, an ongoing nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So was
1: it in a good um, state when you so, took it over? So it's like anything that you've lived in for a long time, and my in-laws have been here for over 40 years. So it was, I think tired. It was Probably, <laughs> It was tired, you know. And because it's, once you've decorated one room in a place like this, you said there's so many more to move on to, that you don't want to come back to the one that you started. So I'm already yeah. getting that after 25 years now. How many and rooms? That, over 200. <laughs> that is, um,
0: like, I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine what it's like. That's unbe- And also the upkeep of the outside, the, the, the you know, the, the walls. So the, the roof. roof.
1: So we would just, yeah, two and a half acres of roof. <laughs> I can't believe yeah, it, can you? It's unbelievable. And, and yeah, and it, well, just after we moved in, the children came into our bedroom and said, oh, Mummy, Daddy, quickly, the the castle's flooding. So I got up and grabbed a, a brolly and a barber and some wellies and went onto the roof. When the roof is, it's it's got steps all over the roof, so you can access oh, okay. the whole roof. And found the problem. So I scurried down, so this is about four o'clock in the morning in August 2001, scurried down the central internal roof on my posterior. And I could <laughs> see the problem straight away, the gutter just full of water. And I thought, "Oh my what's God. going on here? So I stuck my hand right into the drain and literally pulled out four dead pigeons. And it just went just like that.
0: That's So straight away,
1: you had to, it made me think, oh, I've got to learn how this place works now. Get, <laughs> just get. I've got to get my head around this now because, yeah, and also I realised that the most important thing we fixed first was the roof. Because Absolutely. if you haven't got a good roof. If you haven't yeah. got a
0: good roof, forget it. Unbelievable. So yeah. did you, at that point, did you kind of, did you have an inner panic of thinking
1: this is, this is what i've got to kind of help turn around yes and i and i did not and i've never been a real luckily because it's quite a lonely job being a duchess because there aren't that many others that are neighbors and i say and you're, you're in the middle of how many acres about <laughs> 18,000 acres there's oh loads of goodness. people I say you must have loads of people on the land and in the house. and We've got a property portfolio that we that was very run down, that we spent a lot of money on that, mm-hmm. doing all the po- renting properties out. And, yeah, it it was scary, Twiggy. It, it, it's, I think looking back, I had most probably throughout that entire time very mild... And i didn't know what anxiety was there but i had horroring anxiety all the time looking back
0: because there was so much to do and so much to, to deal with lots of staff to look after and and the staff all hated us
1: because Why? they were desperate for the pro- oh because people get very set <laughs> in their ways with people if you've been working for someone they didn't want children running around okay they didn't and I was wanting to change things. that no one wants change, they hate that's, change, don't they? Yeah, that's so. true,
0: actually. And I i suppose in a way they felt it was their domain that you were moving oh, into. yes. You're Although right. it wasn't. But do you know what I mean? Well, of course. Because they've lived there and worked for your in-laws for so many yeah. years. They must have felt it was theirs. And what's this little upstart telling <laughs> you?
1: Telling me what to do. Yeah, this little Welsh upstart. I dreaded going on to... They used to call me the dairy Maid Duchess. Um, (laughs) That's brilliant. So I used to go through to the public rooms and the the guides, they really scared us all. And the children would come running back and say, Mummy, they've been horrid and they may have, may not. Perhaps they were just winding me up. So I equipped all the kids with water pistols I said, well next time they're rude, just shoot them. <laughs> Which most probably wasn't very clever, but I I felt rude. on every level I had I had to get ownership of this place, yeah, you know.
0: Absolutely. I had
1: to get on top of it. And I'm really bad with any anyone negative. And to so anyone negative, I just had to get rid of them. Yeah, you're right
0: actually. Negativity never gets anyone anywhere, does it? It's interesting. We were listening to um, when we drive down to the country, we listened to talking books in the car and we had one on. It was Peter Ustinov telling his his story. And it, he, he said in it, I've ne- I've there's one negative trait that I've never had and I never want it is jealousy because he said it's it it just wears you away and doesn't gain anything. And it's it's the same thing, isn't it? really good and he said I, you know yeah i've probably felt jealous all my life but i wouldn't let it grow into what it can become because jealousy you can't no. there's no answer to jealousy <laughs> it just eats you away
1: yeah now i'm with you i think all those emotions that are negative jealousy anger bitterness envy they're all in one bracket and i put them in a bubble over there and for me I've got to stay happy, light, engaging, and sometimes that's very difficult. It's, it? very difficult. Um, it's very difficult. It's very
0: especially when you start having kids and dealing with their emotions as well, and trying to bring them. You know, because we all make we all make mistakes.
1: Oh, I've made so many mistakes bringing up my children, but luckily they all tell you now what you've done wrong, don't they? <laughs> yes, so in my like day. We... <laughs> <laughs> well, mum, the big one for me is you gave us no boundaries, mum. No
0: boundaries. <laughs> Most and, kids would <laughs> love that, right? <laughs> That's hysterical. I think no, I, we no, were... I'm I, I was pretty strict. We were strict with bedtimes, that was all, because I just felt, well, we needed our time. And, and also, if they don't go to bed... I had one of my best friends had kids and she'd let them stay up until they dropped... And they were always tired at school the next day, or were late. Do you know what I mean? Because they hadn't had their full night's sleep. Because a, cu- a a little kid will always fight it, but you know they're tired. So I think I was strict about that, but otherwise probably a pushover. Oh yeah,
1: because and with five, you know, you had to get you had to get it so you rotated bedtime. So the youngest went to bed first, and then That's and then right. otherwise, you know, and the oldest always had ten minutes more than. So there was, I mean, night times.
0: If I hadn't have had that thimble full of white wine to sit between <laughs> bedtimes and stories, I think I would have gone completely mad. <laughs> it, that is, the, between d- their tea or dinner, whatever they call it, and their bedtime, yeah. that is, yeah. and that's what my yeah. daughter says. It's like the two hours of insanity. Because they're tired, they're up, you know, yeah. They and yet they fight it and yeah. it's like, so I, I well, I, yeah. I only had to deal with one, so I can't imagine.
1: Do do any of them still live at home? Yeah, well, they do. They come and they go. And so um, everyone's got their rooms here. And we've got... um, Yeah, so this weekend, I always cook Sunday lunch every Sunday. I love love getting everyone around the table and hopefully not fighting. Do you know what I mean? It Um, is the best. And we've gone through that stage. I think we had pretty difficult COVID, but we've come through that and everyone has, to be fair to them all, we have all started to respect each other's boundaries. So I have left had to learn that word boundaries through my children. <laughs> but I always say that I think you learn so many lessons from your children. You learn as many from them as you ever teach them. So
0: I don't want to get too personal, but you, you you're still married to David, but you're separated, correct? Yeah. And you live in different yeah. apartments in the castle. It does that. It, obviously, it works for you guys. So you, you're your friends still, presumably?
1: Yeah. Oh, good. Yes, but we're the best best friends. We really are. I, I think it's it's weird, isn't it? How how why wouldn't you be? Because obviously, again, it if your ego gets too in the way when the marriage breaks down, yeah then it's difficult to accept but if you remain try and remain you know it was as much my fault as it was david's and we both have a responsibility for the marriage not working Uh and that's really sad well also i think you know people
0: sometimes
1: grow out of each other but you can still be good friends well yeah i mean my our children see us together now being much nicer with each other most probably and far less frustrated and everyone's looking out for everyone else so if dad's having a tough time you know everyone's looking out for him and you know we're 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 a unit you're a unit and you always will be we we make it work so
0: I want to ask you cuz you are you you've you opened it yet the 12 days of Christmas. So we have oh thank
1: you cuz I was reading
0: about that it sounds so
1: gorgeous tell tell us and the listeners what it is. So every year we do a big Christmas theme and um last year we did Cinderella and this year we've done 12 days of Christmas. And so it ends with the partridge in the pear tree and the Regent's Gallery. But you go through each room, and each room tells the story of one of the 12 days. And yesterday, we had lots of snow here, Twiggy. And oh, I did was you? Pushing... Yeah. Wow, it really of really You're, Christmassy. you're
0: it... quite north, aren't you? What's your nearest town or city? A Grantham. Oh, okay. Oh, you are quite north, then.
1: Do you, look, Twiggy, look into my eyes. That is not north. Oh.
0: <laughs> it is well, north. Is it, but... is, it, is it Midlands?
1: Yeah. We yeah. call it Middle England. But I oh, know okay, for yeah. you, down in Sussex, <laughs> it is really, really north. And my geography is terrible, so I'm not <laughs> sure whether Sussex is next to Suffolk or... so uh, yeah but but no it was very it's yeah there was lots of snow so yeah christmas is big here and glue vine and hot chocolates and oh it must be magical oh god by the time we get to christmas (laughs) day you'll have to come and see it but it's a long way but i'd love you i'd love to
0: come and visit Um, it looks so beautiful
1: it's Do you ever beautiful. go to
0: London? Oh yeah, we, we mainly live in London.
1: Okay, well you let me know if you get on the train get on the, get on the train at King's Cross yeah. to Grantham and text me and I'll pick you up and you can have a look <laughs> round. I'd love to show <laughs> okay. you.
0: Well can we wait till the better weather, please? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: But to go on, yeah. so so this these twelve rooms of Christmas, have you got are they just decorated to bring the things in or oh, have you got Yeah,
1: decorated and then we have music singing dancing bagpipers
0: it's oh my amazing. god how, how do you organize all
1: that that's amazing or it's like living in a stage living in a 21st set <laughs> stately home 21st set you're in a revolving bubble twiggy and you're just it's churning whether it's groups coming here to stay for shooting parties or christmas or i don't know we have it's living on in on a hamster wheel really it really is do you ever do you ever think i'm just
0: i'm just gonna run away for a few weeks and do you i think you should
1: i really do (laughs) i've just set up a foundation for beaver and i'm going to palm beach tomorrow to launch it and doing a oh, is this or... the
0: American Friends of Beaver? Yeah. Yeah, I was reading about that. It's a brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant. Well, Americans
1: are so love this, what we've got in this country. Yeah, they do. In a way that some... You know, I didn't really understand what I was marrying into, but now I do, and I think it's amazing these houses are still in private hands. Uh, and we going to is. do everything we can because... Otherwise, what do you do with them? The National Trust Well, I'm sure
0: you, you must know and I'm sure you interviewed her on your podcast, but we know um, Charles Spencer and Karen and and we've been there a few weekends, which is wonderful. And and it's the same sort of thing, talking, you know, keeping it interesting to the people who come and visit, and keeping the up. Oh well, she's amazing.
1: She's isn't amazing. She? She's amazing.
0: Amazing girl. Unbelievable. Canadian. Yeah. And coming into that must have been unbelievable, but she does it so brilliantly, and just the thought of it would scare me.
1: But I know you're into meditation, aren't you? So, yeah, so I I had a mental breakdown about eight years ago. And so I had to really look at how to get myself right. And I do lots of things. I do Reiki healing, -healing self-healing on myself. I do daily meditation, daily... I have to daily do uh, some form of... I run two and a half miles, six o'clock every morning. So I have to work hard to stay Grounded and stable now, and that was something very new for me um, because I'd never had a problem before.
0: Where where do you think that came from? Do do you think it was just an an accumulative, and because of the pressures of running a place like that? I
1: think there's so many things that happen. Yeah, when the marriage breaks down, and so there's guilt and stress and juggling, and I think it was a combination of everything. And it just became too much. And then I just couldn't mentally or physically move. I just curled up into a ball oh. and retired into a bedroom up 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 in the top of the castle somewhere and just couldn't get out. So when you've been and gone to somewhere like that, you kind of have to have a toolbox of stuff.
0: Of course, absolutely. So that's, that's...
1: that's what happened to me.
0: So you find through the meditation and the the yoga and the right re- right re- reiki? reiki is it reiki, reiki. reiki i've had i've had that
1: once they kind of
0: they it's like it all hold- energy so yeah. it's all about uh, yeah
1: working on energy and drawing down power from a sort of higher higher level
0: but i do th- i also think as you said exercise is so important isn't it and yeah. it must be lovely to have that spa- <laughs> that space yeah. to be able to just escape yeah, I mean, I try. I, I, I do Pilates, which I've got. I about eight years ago, I hurt my back, and um, ma- mainly through bad posture, I think years and years of bad posture. And once it healed, because it was all muscular, my my physio said you've got to start Pilates. I wish I'd have started it in my twenties. It's absolutely. Because I, I tried yoga once, but it, it, I it did, I couldn't do it. I think I left it too late. Oh, the Pilates is like amazing, absolutely amazing. I, okay. I only go once a week, but it's saved my life as well as my back. Because if you if you hurt or you've done something, that's all you think about, isn't it? Yeah. I used to get up every day and think, is my back is my back going to be all right? Is it going to go out on me? You know, that's all you think about. So yeah. I knew I had to. Yeah. You know, get it healed.
1: (laughs) And you did it yourself.
0: Well, with the help of my wonderful teacher, really. And as I say, I think it goes back, you know, and I did a show in New York for two years, tap dancing. And she said probably all that pounding away as you get older, you know, it all comes back to haunt you. So I think it was a mixture of both, really. Yeah. Well, if you think when you you tap, any dance, listen, any dancer you meet, they've had hip replacements, especially ballet dancers, you know, hip replacements, knee replacements at a young age because that constant wear and tear on their muscles and their bones is, you know... I Mum and I only did it for two years, but um, obviously it, it...
1: Which was that show? Was that The Boyfriend? I did, oh, I did
0: a show on Broadway called My One and Only, which was a Gershwin musical. Oh, wow. And it was great and I loved it, but... Did... And I was fine for years. I was in my thirties then, but then as you get older, I suppose the old war wounds <laughs> come
1: out, don't they? And can I ask you <laughs> just because it's so fascinating to me, any of your any of your grandchildren got any of your talent? Um, any? Oh, I th- well,
0: I don't. Well, they're only eight and three at the moment. My. Granddaughter who's eight, there's similarity in looks. I can see she looks more like me than my daughter. My daughter looks like her dad, um, who sadly died many years ago. But, um, and that, you know, I, I mean, I've been married to Lee for 30, well, we've been together 38 years, but, um, but he's not her dad, he's her stepdad. But, um, and Carly looks more like her real dad. But Joni... You know, I see it occasionally. She turns around and does a face, and I can I can kind of relate to that. It's funny how it, but I don't. She, I mean, Carl is a very talented artist and painter and things, and she she's kind of picked that up. But she, you know, she's only eight, so who knows?
1: <laughs> They're them, aren't they? They are going to be. But those genetic patterns, it's quite interesting in a family like this because. We've got three girls at the beginning of the twenty-first century, and there were three girls growing up here at Beef at the beginning of the nineteenth century. So that would be around the, the first and second. Oh, were there?
0: Wow!
1: And they were exactly a hundred years apart, and the similarities of these girls are extraordinary. Oh, and really? I'm Is this all in your girls, book? You should write a book. I should. Write, I think they should write their own book about. They're going to research their double
0: yeah, and find exactly.
1: out about. But you imagine that would have been sort of Downton Abbey kind of time. So, but really is it in these,
0: you? You, your book, "Accidental Duchess," which is a great title. Is that? Are, is that story in there?
1: No, about the because girls. Obviously, it's not my story. But I, I love. I keep saying to them, you should, you should really look at that because. I think there'd be so much social history that would be yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, it's fascinating.
0: I mean, they I did a who. You, I did a who do you think you are? You know, the TV pro, and it was absolute. I mean, you know, I was hoping they'd they'd find that I was related <laughs> to someone with a castle, but I wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. And it was very kind of very working class and poor. Really poor. Really sad. My oh, great, really? Great, well, my I think it was my great-great-great-grandmother. She ended up in the workhouse, actually, because... Oh, my gosh. Um, well, she was married. She had, like, I think something like 10 children. Oh, my gosh. Three of them died. The husband ran off. You know, it was like... And she ended up in the workhouse. It was quite a journey to go on. And they don't let you know anything, you know, until you're actually filming because they want to get your reactions on camera but um it was I love doing it so I can't imagine what it must be like to have a heritage that your girls have got it must be amazing
1: how far when was the castle built? so the first castle was built in um, 1066 it was a sort of Norman stronghold oh my god oh wow that was the first thing. Yeah. Well there was it would have been a wooden sort of very, very because it was a really fortified site because of the hill being oh so the like hills that. so they could see everywhere yeah so there've been four castles and they've been knocked down through war and battle and so this one we're in now was started in seventeen ninety nine and finished in eighteen forty five so Took nearly fifty years to build. Wow. Um. When and did d- does the title the Duke of Rutland go back
0: that far or beyond?
1: Yes. Yes. So David's ancestor was this chap called Robert de Tordini, and he was the chap behind William the Conqueror, who with a spear to protect him from being killed. So he was his standard bearer, and. Wow. Um, and that's I mean, where to be able to
0: trace your ancestors back that far must be absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I, I kind of... I would love that. I mean, they couldn't go back further than, you know, my great-great-great-grandmother. Um, because, you know, in the working-class world, they didn't keep records, did they? Exactly. M- many of them couldn't write. It was only the fact that she went into the workhouse that they... I mean, their researchers on that program are incredible. Because I tried to do it online, but it's so hard and so complicated. But their researchers are incredible. And then I had one answer. (laughs) I can't remember who it was now. Probably one of her daughters. She actually went to prison for a couple of years for passing coins because they were so poor. And they never got the big guys, but they used to pass, co- you know, pass off coins that weren't real in shops. And she got arrested and went to jail for two years, I think. When she came out, she married a policeman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, and set so up nice. home. I mean, it's hysterical. Um, oh, so, that's Anyway, wonderful. people's lives, people's lives.
1: Yeah. But they're also fascinating because I think we carry so much of the memory of our bloodline. And so, although we are, you know, she's your great-great-grandmother, we carry some of the genetic memory, uh, whether it be in trauma or in happiness or in survival. We carry it within our, yeah, our DNA. Yeah, I know. It's so unbelievable. that's. I find it all very, very interesting. Well, I'm a Quaker from a Quaker family from Wales, so we can go right back to about sixteen hundred. Oh have always been farming always been i say always um, farm
0: and are your family still running a farm
1: yes so my brother Uh, then i'm the oldest my second brother down william he set up this mineral water business
0: uh on
1: the farm and it's called radnor hills mineral water oh yeah and i just think he he's huge the whole valley that i used that's a whole valley is covered now in water business and it's huge and the fascinating thing i find twiggy is the home the house is called heart seas farm and it uh-huh. was supposedly where king caractacus's heart was buried oh, during wow. so it's had that... all these things i find very interesting you can't really oh, put... it's
0: absolutely amazing is that yeah. in your book? All that stuff? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've
0: got to get. I've got to get this book. It's. I'll send you my a, book. I Oh, will to, you? Yeah. Will you sign? Will you sign it? Yeah. I'd, lo- love, I'd love, that. love one. I'd oh, really, if you really promise love to one. Come
1: up and see us because I promise. I love... When the weather, when the weather gets,
0: <laughs> I oh, yeah. don't want to get, in the
1: get snowed the... in.
0: Although if I got snowed in in a castle, that would be quite magical, actually.
1: You'd like that? We'll <laughs> find I a nice butler like. to look after you. <laughs>
0: You also, I don't know, let out the castle to film crews, don't you? Yes. Because was it wasn't it in the Crown? What was it meant to be? Was it meant to be Win? Was it meant to be Windsor? Buckingham Palace. Oh, Buckingham, Buckingham Palace. Okay. And is that exciting or is it is it a nightmare when they all turn up with their oh, lights? well, you know what
1: it's like, there. <laughs> well, you, I hide. I hide generally. So how How when? When? When they
0: were filming the Crown? How long were they there?
1: Oh, weeks. I hid the whole time. I put a a dust cap on and a duster and pretend to be the cleaner. <laughs> because <laughs> That's
0: brilliant. I just wanted to
1: watch, you know. I didn't want to be Oh, and here's the Dutchess.
0: Were you relieved when they all left? Or sad? <laughs>
1: Were well, you just surrender <laughs> yourself? It's just hundreds and hundreds of people and every everyone who works here they get really excited so i keep having to go around saying that come on it's work as normal
0: oh yeah especially when they start seeing famous actors it must be hysterical that's so funny so i wanted to ask you about ghosts you must have a ghost in the castle we've
1: got lots <gasps> lots and have lots you of have ghosts. you
0: actually seen one
1: I've got a ghost or a presence with me all the time. She's here right now. And she's called Elizabeth. And she's the fifth Duchess. She's here now, everywhere. She really loves you, by the way. (laughs) Oh, so when did she live? She built the castle, this one, for 1800.
0: Oh, Oh, my goodness. Have you actually... Actually, seen one, or is it just a presence?
1: Um, I've heard them in corridors, I haven't actually seen one, but I've heard that she calls her children. She had 11 children,
0: oh my goodness,
1: and said so, which seven survived. So, babies crying, children, yeah, but I've never thankfully seen them. But I've really had to be strict with the ghosts because I really did not tolerate them being in our... You know, there's lots of rooms here, and they and they were really... My children all saw them, and they were freaking them out. So I got very angry.
0: They actually saw a physical presence? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that would be scary. I... Oh, and annoying. I've, I don't think I've ever experienced or seen a ghost. I don't know what I, I mean, what part of me would love to, but then the other part, I think I'd be frightened, especially in a big place like that. Did it? Does it frighten you, or are you so used uh, to them now?
1: Absolutely not. So. If any of you are hanging around in this room right now, don't get any ideas. I'm scared
0: of you. <laughs> Have you watched the TV program Ghosts? No. It would probably make you laugh. Actually, <laughs> it's about it's about a couple who inherit this big house, and it's full of ghosts from different eras. But we can see them obviously, and they get up to all sorts of naughtiness and tr- it's It's a comedy, obviously. Yeah. But it's quite funny. Might make you might make you laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Are you still doing your podcast? Well, Vi, my oldest daughter, was the instigator of the podcast, and and she and she said, "Mum, I think it's run its course," and so I was mortified because I actually it's about the best thing I can do is chatting, so um, <laughs> I was mortified when she said, "You know, you've done your bit now, thanks, Mum," but. Anyway, but well, maybe we'll get it back one day. Who knows? But she's doing other things with it's it now. It's a
0: brilliant idea. It's a it's a brilliant idea. Yeah.
1: Well, it it was lovely because yeah. No, go on. It was lovely. well. Yeah, it was lo- But I don't think it most probably had wasn't as easy as this has been. <laughs> And this has been a complete joy talking to you today. Oh, You're a no, natural, it's lovely it.
0: to, I mean, there's so many things. I, we could go on forever, but poor old Kobe will freeze to death. <laughs> He's got his woolly hat on. Eh? He's all right. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for chatting to me. It's been absolutely brilliant.
1: Thank you. It's like meeting a childhood. I'm one of your greatest fans. So oh, thank you well, so that's much very, for very sweet. Me.
0: Thank you. OK, hopefully see you in the castle.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I really enjoyed Oh Gosh, I could have gone on chatting for hours and hours. So many questions. What, what an amazing story. What an amazing history. And don't forget Beaver Castle, the 12 days of Christmas. Try and get there if you can. I bet it's absolutely wonderful. I'm certainly going to try and I'm certainly going to go up and hopefully visit in the summer because I've never been to Beaver Castle and it sounds amazing and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and what a lovely lovely lady okay bye if this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy please do remember to tell your friends you can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy, or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka and executive producers Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye.